Welcome to Kimecast, where we break through and cut the BS in sports medicine, rehabilitation, and sports performance, and talk about how things really work. Welcome to Kimecast. I'm Tony Mikla. Evan Hogger. And we're here with a special guest. I'm Kim Manlingit. Kim's good to have you. Yeah, thanks. Excited to to have you here finally. So Kim's one of our lead therapists. She runs our Davis location right near UC Davis out in Davis, California. And she also works at our Sacramento office uh, on a regular basis. So good to have you. It's it's a pleasure. I mean, there's been some some big names in this podcast now, so uh, oh yeah, just I'm, add you right to it. Yeah, I'm just slipping right in. Yeah, we got MLB All Stars, we got NFL veterans, right? And yeah, I mean, other PTs. I love it. Yeah, get to know us a little bit. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little about the ACL and a new program that we're offering is a virtual ACL program. We'll talk about why that's something we felt was so important to offer and really our reach with it. But Kim's really our resident ACL expert and super passionate about the topic. So hopefully a lot of good stuff about that and, and overall knee rehab and return to sport progression. So this will be fun. Yeah. So Ev, what are we drinking tonight? All right. Well, first, let's start with the fact that this is down here. Which means <laughs> yeah. Tone had a little sip before. Yeah, so. we Someone had a, started early. It's yeah, okay. we had a uh, pre-beer. Pre-beer, <laughs> yeah. So we have, uh, we have the denogonizer. This is from Drake's, which uh, right by Kim's house, actually. Yeah, so West, Sacramento. West Sacramento. Yeah. West Sacramento. I'm a YOLO resident now. YOLO County. YOLO County. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but the West... <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a good area. It's a good area. Once, Up and coming. Once the Kings, uh, the arena comes back and there's the Golden One Center opens up, it's like past Tower Bridge, old sack. Well, now I just told everyone where I live, but that's okay. That's There's a lot right. of people up there. You'll be it's, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about the uh, are the Rivercats coming back at all too? Is there are they they're going to start to play? Yeah. They will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they'll play. I and you I don't you know can them. see the stadium right yeah, from the place, right? Yeah, I can right? see the stadium like right from my like bedroom window, which is amazing. Right now, it's been weird. It's been like COVID testing sites oh, yeah. in this random oh, parking right. lot. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward for it when it's when it's actually normal. Yeah, we might have yeah. a couple of players that play at that field, so you can like just oh, yeah. watch from your. From there you your go. Yeah, sweet. bird's eye view. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's where we have the company party. We've already agreed upon that. Yeah, I'm putting right. my two cents in there. The <laughs> barn. Very very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you be with us for just uh, just over a year now, which yeah. is which is fantastic. Yeah. So. Uh, and from the Sacramento area, so you know, it was good, good to come home and get back, oh, totally. get, get back here and get back involved with the community has been a big goal for, of yours as well. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little about your story, kind of what, 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 brought, you, what brought you to PT and, and, and back to really focusing in on, on the ACL here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm from Elk Grove, California. I went to uh, Franklin High School in Elk Grove. Um, I think from since I can remember, I like knew I wanted to actually like at 15 years old so the backstory is i tore my acl tore it twice uh, i played high school basketball um tore it at freshman year tore it again my junior year Ooh. and i was really same knee or different knees different knees, different knees. yeah other knee and um like i knew i wanted to play college basketball that was like the number one goal like right out of the gates at fifth grade right out of the gates and you know i just had this like string of like injury you know, the injury bug caught me. And, you know, and so the torn ACL happened, had surgery. Well, first, let, let me backtrack. I was misdiagnosed with a knee sprain at first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things, things, things that I look at now, like I, I see, like, I remember like a swollen knee, like mm-hmm. just blew up that day right mm-hmm. after practice. 
and then got misdiagnosed with a knee sprain, went to the emergency room, um, told me I should be playing in a, in a week, and I pushed it, I, like, at warm-up. At warm-up, I did a jump step, just like, you, we all know this feeling, if you've torn your ACL, you know, you have that, like, one experience where it just kind of sticks with you, and I just felt that knee, like, shift, and I, like, fell to the floor. So I may have done more damage then. I always wonder, like, what was it? Was it really, like, structural damage at that first time? Or I knew it was, like, the second time it, that was that. Anyway, uh, had surgery and then uh, didn't have physical therapy. So I tell that story a lot, like, and it's kind of, like, crazy looking back, like, four months of just me doing my rehab on my own, uh, which is not the normal thing. As we all know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most ideal scenario. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not ideal at all. And then it happened all over again. Got cleared four months in or four months out of surgery. And then um, I was really that resilient. Like I really wanted to play. That's all I wanted to do was play college basketball. No one like put the, the like red light or even the yellow light for me to stop. Like yeah. played AAU basketball, played through my junior year. Luckily didn't get hurt then, but then my... I'm sorry, played my sophomore year. And then, and then junior year, again, like with recruiting and all that stuff, like all that pressure, it just yeah. like played year round and then I tore it again. And there was a recruiter in the stands when it happened oh. too. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so it was all pretty brutal. traumatic as far <laughs> yeah, as like, absolutely. yeah, my second ACL tear was like, was a recruiter out in Columbia in university, oh, um, yeah. flew out and I, I like tore it that day, like that game. So it's the game they fly out. It's for yeah, us. the game they fly out for it was like right after high, halftime. They came in late, and I tore it like the third quarter. And um, again, both both injuries were non-contact. So we all now know now we can do something to prevent that. With like the age group that I was in, like you know, female athletes tear it so much more prevalently. Like mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of like fit every like. Uh, stereotypical thing that you you hear with ACL tears is all that <laughs> right, right, and you just saw kind of so much of your, like your your kind of your passions or your dreams kind yeah. of start to be like oh like how am I gonna how am I gonna get there because sure. of this because of the because of the injuries obviously right yeah absolutely yeah it's a tough go where did that kind of like click though that that then is like turned into the passion that you have now and like do what you right. do now where did that where did that shift yeah so you know someone who wasn't even exposed to physical therapy, you're like, well, where, when did you know you want to be a physical right. therapist? Yeah. Like, it really was like me going through that four month process of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what am I doing? I like, I have the exercises on a piece of paper here, but it's like, there's such a mental game with this. Like no one's like lead, no one's leading the charge. Like no one's like telling me if I'm doing things right. The repetition, how I'm feeling, like, like, am I pushing myself too far? Like, my AAU coach and, uh, you know, like my high school coach, they just, they didn't know any better. They wanted me to be on the court. And mm-hmm. I, I myself wanted to be on the court. I was, that stub- I was that stubborn kid, right? So it wasn't until I'm like, well, you know, growing up and looking back at my experience, I'm like, I want to I wanna serve this population. I, I think that clicked faster than like, I want to do physical therapy. It was sure. like all the Google searches and all that, like, oh, this is a career. This is a field that like, you can help this population. So, yeah, that yeah. started. That's awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Super cool. And I think that's that's what, I mean, you can see that passion as you're working with some of these young athletes and some of these clients that we have now that you're right. working with. is so cool to see that how you engage with them and, and how they respond, right? Because yeah. obviously when you've been through that situation, you can relate, then that's, 
that's huge for the client. Yeah. Um, I can always, it's funny. Cause like I have, I have clients who are like at that age, like 15 to 18, you know, like in that high school age. And I can just like, I can see myself in that and I can see like the want to come back. And, um, I think I pull that card out. Cause like, again, I'm, I'm trying to be that, that person that gives them that like yellow sign, like, or yeah. the red sign sometimes to be like, Hey, slow down. Like yeah. this is me just 12 years ago. This is me just like 15 years ago, you know, like, um, so I, I just want them to be as like aware and as educated as possible. And like, and they asked me, like, they definitely asked, like, how are you feeling? Do you even think about your knee anymore? Like, has this like allowed you to come back? And it actually did. Like I was able to, I did end up playing in college. So, um, I think if you, but if you have all the right information earlier on, you can probably save yourself a lot of a lot of problems. A little smoother process. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not tear the other one in the process. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't go through. Don't go through it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Like when we looked at at this space. So there's several things in our field of orthopedics and sports medicine and injuries that we've learned a ton about over the years. And this is certainly a big ACL is probably one of the most heavily researched areas yeah. out there in our area in our in our space because. There's so many injuries. I mean, the yeah. frequency of injury is so high, especially especially in female athletes, as you said, compared right. to males. It's like 7 out of 10 compared to 3 out of 10. It's, right. And actually, at the collegiate level, women's basketball programs, women's soccer programs actually recruit backup players at the same position, which we never do in a men's program at the mm -hmm. same rate that they do in a women's program, knowing that you're probably going to lose lose a player at some point in their career due to, due to an ACL injury. Yeah. Um, it wasn't uh, So I used to coach at Elk Grove High. And I think I read like the year after I left, they had like at least six ACL tears, like that next. What? Insane, right? Whoa. And it was like me just following along with the team that I coached um, as a varsity, oh you know, assistant varsity coach at the time. And they had like six. This was in like a single high, like a high school team. Yeah. That's yeah. half the team. Six out of 12, <laughs> 15 yeah, players. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. The data is incredible. And then not only that, as, as you experience that if you do tear one, even if you have great rehab and a great uh, process, the odds of tearing the other knee are, are significantly higher than, than otherwise. Absolutely, yeah. And and now the research shows that like if you're under the age of 25, like nine months minimum, like that's that's the process. Like every time you delay it after that nine month mark, like you exponentially like help yourself not get a get a retear mm -hmm. right. like you you decrease the, that risk yeah and you mentioned being cleared at four months right yeah the, right. there was a time period here like kind of in the early and mid 2000s where there was this thought that it, it kind of was a, what used to be like a 12-month deal and then there was this rapid rehabilitation process where maybe we could speed it up and get people back at six months this is kind of a worldwide phenomenon there's the accelerated program you're either on yeah. the normal or the accelerated right program. exactly yeah. And that accelerator program was getting people back as, as early as six months. And I, I think I think Wes Welker was one that came back at like four. I don't quote me on that specifically, but it was Adrian something. Peterson was around yeah. like five or something. He was. Yeah, he was. I think he was a little longer. Really? Well, he tore it like mid-season, came back the next and killed it. But he was in. But he was in training camp and everything all year. You know, absolutely. So some of these guys really came back quick and early and, and did very very well. So there were some signs that this is a good idea. Like yeah. it's, it's fair, it's working, mm -hmm. but now it's, it's completely shifted back and the, the data is overwhelmingly suggested that as you, as you pointed out, anything before nine months is really kind of asking, asking for serious problems. Yeah. Um, and then anything beyond that exponentially improves your odds to, to do well. 
Yeah. And if those guys are our example, that's probably not the right thing because <laughs> right. both those guys mentioned are freaks of nature. Oh, everybody yeah. that's playing in that same that same level is that's not a great example for the rest of the population. Yeah, absolutely. they can do things we could never dream of. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you're you're asking like a like a 15 year old kid to come back after you you know you already have only like a four year career at at, at minimum, right? Like yeah. I mean, yeah, you're trying to play in the higher levels, but like they're gonna push it. Like if you're not gonna stop, then they're gonna like like I said, sure. if yeah. if no one stopped me, so I'm going to keep going. So we, we have to kind of give them that reality check. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. time is one component, but there's other things too. I mean, I think like you can say it's nine months, but yeah. nine months minimum, but then there's sure. really like objectives people have to meet. Right. And when you're sitting there with, with your four month worth of, of sheet of exercises, <laughs> like how are you supposed to know when, when am I good? It's just, I don't know. So yeah. giving people these objectives that you do very well, these yeah. objectives that you lay out, like here's your target. Once you can do X, Y, and Z, then mm -hmm. you can do the next step of things. Once you can accomplish this, mm -hmm. now it's time to now it's time to play. Yeah, and and I I joke with it. I think we talked about it at our education meeting. But like I Tony, I I don't think I did a whole a single squat during my rehab, which is insane. Like yeah. these exercises that I were given were yeah. literally like. Go to your local 24-hour fitness. Like, here's yeah. like the knee extensor machine. Here's the hamstring curl machine. Like, yeah. and go do it. And do so, the straight leg raises too the, for three or four the, months. Yeah, uh -huh. do the Those towel, are... do, do the heel slides for for years on end. Right. Yeah. So, There's always yes. a mini step down on like a textbook. Or Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So couldn't, couldn't survive without it. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> what we make our patients do now, it's just like black and white. Like, and the process it takes. You know, those mini mini milestones that that it's a long rehab process, like nine months, like nine plus months, like someone's gonna get fatigued, like mentally fatigued. Like you gotta give those those patients like a little wins along the way. And yeah. that's, I think when I think, look back, it's mostly like the mental side of things. So that's really the hardest part. For some people, you know, it's physical, but that mental component is like su such a key thing too that we tend to forget. Yeah, I mean, all of these people yeah. have lost their identity. Like you, you were a basketball player. That's what you want to do. Your only yeah. goal in your mind at that time was to play college basketball. And as soon as yeah. knee goes out, that identity's now kind of in question. Am I? I'm not playing basketball right mm -hmm. now. I'm doing tiny step downs and straight legs. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what am I really? Your whole identity kind of goes with that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm yeah, I'm big on our Instagram on on the ACL content. Um, the ACL club is something I've seen which is a great resource on the mental side of things. Mm -hmm. So there's there's people out here, there's like a, a whole community of people who are like lacking in their in their rehab, whether it's like meeting the physical and the emotional mental side of things. Yep. They're just looking for answers. And uh, I think there's a, a, this is a population that you think about is underserved, which is crazy for, for something that's so, um, you know, like a, uh, an injury that's so common, we're, it's still an underserved community here. So, yeah, it, it truly is. And I think it's underserved in the fact of one, how to, how to do it well, even though there's right. protocols and such out there, but really to have a coach to take you through the process. And it's, it's beyond physical therapy. It's not just get in and do some rehab and I have a great surgeon, have a great rehab, but then it, it's a lot of strength conditioning to prepare your, prepare your body to come back and condition all the cardiovascular support, all of right. getting the tissue ready to go and, mm -hmm. and then starting to challenge that ligament and that knee in a way that it hasn't been challenged um, previously. So all of the, so much work to be done there. So it's quite a process. I think athletes have a chance to come back as good or better than they were with all of that time. We see the sim similar thing with the baseball players with the UCL, mm -hmm. is that it's a really an opportunity for that that year, for the most part, to really work on your body and, and take that into account. Because with the advances in surgery, the rehabilitation is 
it's not difficult in the way of well, there's a lot of pain and it's a lot of a lot of uh, difficult things to get through. Like the first eight weeks or so, it's certainly uncomfortable and certainly challenging in certain ways. But once you get to once you get the range of motion back and the people and they can walk, you start getting eight weeks out, and you're only you're only two months into it with seven months to go. And then it's really a really ex- specific strength conditioning program as to how are we gonna, now going to get this tissue to develop to to evolve and to be able to be challenged so that we can, it can tolerate real sports. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have the grass site you know, as a consideration, like, okay, mm-hmm. is it an allograph, is it an autograph? Like, yep. what's that missing link that they could potentially become a tendonitis down the line if we don't address? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, really important that you see that whole thing come together. Like, you're not just treating the ACL, you're treating other components to this that, um, you know, whether it's range of motion limitations up, up above, the, um, above the joint or below the joint, like, mm-hmm. things of that nature, it's, like, it becomes like a whole a whole process for, for people. Right. Yeah. It's something I've been super passionate about for so long to have a better way to reach these these clients that, that yeah. go through it because there there are so many of them. But yet they feel so isolated where they have surgery, you know, with one surgeon by themselves and they're they're kind of then put out there into the into the rehab world and and it, it, it's just real. It is what it is. But the reality is that really insurance is really going to want to pay for about three months of this process. And especially nowadays with these HMO insurances and these other, pro, these other um, you know, basically they're trying to cut rehabilitation every way they can. If you're doing rehab for more than three months, it's paid for insurance. You're, you're doing really good. But at three months, you're just you get cleared to run at between three and four months. So you haven't done anything. And and how did the, you get cleared, right? Yeah, like you yeah, know, just you by may time. Been yeah. through a piece yeah. of paper, like yeah. a protocol, an outdated protocol that you yeah. saw three months. Like, I, but you know, with us and what we do, it's like there's specific steps to that. Like, can you handle the load? Did you have a meniscus tear? Those type of things that come come bigger picture. Right. Did you did you did you go through these steps to to earn that right to, exactly. to run? Yeah. And then do you earn that right to start doing some change in direction? And then do you earn that right to start doing some reactive agility and react to a different stimulus and play a live defense and then sure. start to get into more practice play and, and scrimmage play and then eventually competitive. Right. Which is which is all huge improvements as you, as you go over time. So there's a couple limitations here then too. So there's limitations in the clinical world, like you said, it's rare to have a clinician that can kind of speak to that whole thing. Like we call it the continuum here, but can like get them to get their motion and their basic strength back and then be able to talk like that about the changes in forces when you put cleats on or how to decelerate or how to change direction. That's that's advanced level stuff that you don't learn in PT school and that's yeah. more strength and conditioning and performance world, right? right? So rare to find a clinician that can speak to that whole thing. And then the insurance limitation somebody done, they're done with their, their PT around that three to four month mark. Now there's these people left at this four month mark with nowhere to go. Maybe they go find a personal trainer or a sure. coach of some kind, but then they don't know the back half of all of that and the precautions and how to properly, you know, progress this tissue from a, from a reloading in, in an injury standpoint, right? So now this person's kind of left in the world with, with kind of no direction. And that's kind of where this, where this virtual program comes in. Yeah. And that's exactly, it's like having a, 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 an ACL coach like in your back pocket to kind of answer those questions for you because they I see them online you know they're on the Facebook pages they're on like they're on Instagram they're they're asking these people questions are still on Facebook. people are still on Facebook <laughs> I know see I'm not yeah I, I'm still on Facebook but yes I, but you see these people people are like creating like forums and and like these like group support things because they're asking the same questions mm-hmm. and they're not getting the solutions because mm-hmm. whether it's a, I had an HMO, like looking back, it was an HMO and I didn't even have 
physical therapy offered yeah. to me, right? Yeah. So and you didn't know what that meant. At the I didn't time, even right? know what that meant. Yeah. I was 15 years old. Right. Yeah. So there's there's an education piece here, right? Exactly. Yeah. Kim, there's a great story, a great perfect thing that kind of illustrates this all for a kid that came in maybe about two months ago. There's a, another kid who did full. He was probably more like 10 or 11 months. He had a couple of complications very early on. Yeah. Well, actually, he was he was only. Oh, the kid that I treated. Yes. 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 Yeah. So he was I like treated. nine or ten. Yes. Did great. He mm-hmm. goes back to playing high school football. Yes. And kind of near the end of his time, he's like, "Hey, Kim, I got this this kid. I got a buddy on my team who's like three and a half months out, and he's practicing. What's the deal with that? Why am I still here?" And Kim's like, "Well, hold on, pump the brakes. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Right. Bring that kid in with you next time." So yeah. the kid comes in with his dad. And the dad's like really confused. He's like, what the hell are we doing here? What, what, do you, what do I need to be here for? And the kid's kind of also a little confused. So like this other kid, just, I don't know how he convinced him, but he did a great job. Right? <laughs> Very persuasive kid. But so this other kid and his dad are in there and Kim's looking at him and Kim takes him through this assessment. Like, you're playing football and you're three and a half months out. She kind of starts, you can see her like wheels turn a little bit. She right. takes him through this assessment process and like just breaks down all these basic things the kid can't do. And then kind of shows the dad what football really is and what that's asking of him. And then you kind of see the light bulb like start to shift a little bit. And so now this this kid that was three and a half months out practicing took himself out of practice and is like full-time rehab with, with Kim, building himself back up like eight weeks in with yeah. you. So probably around getting close to that five-month mark. Right. Looks like he's doing really well. So he's feeling better every day. Yeah. And then last week his dad pops in without the kid and is like, can I pay you more? Like he's doing great. He's, I'm, I'm super excited, and uh, it's just this total shift. But it's an education right. piece, not necessarily just to the athlete, but the families don't know either. So yeah, that 16-year-old high school kid is not guiding his own decisions. Right, the parents are, and if they don't know, then there's no way for the kid to know. So absolutely, there's definitely a missing piece there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and even backtrack to that. I just had a kid. I did an eval on who was just like literally five five days post tearing his ACL. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't had surgery yet. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't want to be the bearer of bad news, but like talking to, you know, having that conversation with him and I'm be like, I felt the need to say like, Hey, he's, he's also a football player. He's a junior. And I'm like, like, this is a long process. Like this is going to take, and mom was sitting there and like, this is going to take like nine months, like at, at the very least, like if we do this right, like mm-hmm. you only have one right knee for the rest of your life one left knee for the rest of your life like let's let's do the right thing here yeah so again it backs to my story of like i i feel confident saying that because i've been there and it's like yeah i'm wearing a different hat now but it's you can speak to those people and you try to try to educate them as best you can yeah yeah i think there's just there's so much need i've always wanted to have this ability to have basically almost a group session not to say that we can we can group people together but they have a collaborative kind of communication yeah like a cohort together where they can say and rely on each other and run ideas past each other and ask questions because there is those there's those deep questions like even with me having having not torn my acl uh you have have. evan has has, yeah yeah. kim's certainly done it as we've talked about yeah but when when that when that athlete comes in and then starts talking about it like you can they say a lot of things like hey how's this feel oh it feels great feels great today i'm doing awesome you know but then when they get next to somebody else who has it there's like a bond that comes like they they kind of whisper to each other how you really doing like do you really feel good you know like (laughs) you really feel like this is stable like (laughs) you really believe you know how are you doing here like can can we really cut right now you know like you sure that's okay yeah so there's this real still this underlying confidence uh, that, that sits there and i I've always wanted to have a group uh, experience so that people had the ability to, to do that with each other and then, and then obviously learn from each other in the process. And what's so cool, one of the biggest benefits, I hope, from this this period, this pandemic period where people have gone virtual and, and gone online is that 
that that is much more viable now. It's much more of a real option for people to get together online and collaborate and, and meet with each other, understand more of different people's process they've been through from an ACL standpoint, but also for us to reach them and, and help coach them along the way and give them guidance to say, hey, there's there's a right way to do this and, and let's let's coach you through it. And it's it's not cookie cutter to say that, hey, everybody's got to do this exactly this way and exactly these timeframes, but rather these are the benchmarks and you want to make sure you hit them. Right. That that we know for sure, and whatever rate you hit them at is is dependent upon how well you're doing. But yeah, and and I, I you mentioned it like we didn't learn this in PT school. Like I thought that would like okay seal the deal for me. Like yeah. I'll I'll be treating ACL patients like no problem. Like I'll never ask any questions. It's like I still have like cohort like classmates of mine who are asking me like hey I have a I have an eval and like what should I look for so it's like again if, if you're someone who's torn their ACL and not to say like PT like we we know our we know our jobs like we know it well but um, you know there is the, that time frame of like three month period where there's a, a missing link here so if you're looking for that missing link there's other options for you now in the virtual realm right absolutely you can reach out these these coaches who, yep. who specializes in this. Absolutely. You can, I mean, there's there's different levels of everything, as you know, and different levels of PT and knowledge base. And, yeah. you know, we've we've just chosen to really focus on this area because we're passionate about it, because we have personal experience of, of yours, of Evans, of so many people. <laughs> and we see it. I mean, I haven't torn mine, like I said, but I've known tons of, tons of young men who have, tons of friends who have, and, and seen them come back and seen the challenges they face. And it's important to me to as a coach to help them get back to those levels of performance that, they're striving for and the reality is it's absolutely possible oh yeah absolutely possible to perform at a high level and do it really really well it does take a tremendous amount of work and it takes knowing when to do what thing so like when someone hands you a piece of paper say hey here's the protocol or you go to google and say here's the protocol or you go to youtube and watch a bunch of exercise videos you can do that and those are really really good tools but you still have a question as to when should i do this drill Yep. Or you should have that question if you're not asking it. Is this the right time for me to do this? And and what benchmark should I have passed to get there? So we've we've worked through a process over years of experience, combing through the research. What are the best steps to make sure we hit these certain areas to, to be accountable to so we can move forward? But even then, given that, yeah. that you can't do that by yourself. I mean, going through that by yourself yeah. is still the same problem. If you do the, the two weeks from now exercise today, and you could blow up. Now you're stuck in this pain cycle and you can't get out of it. Yep. Like you still need that guide through the process. And that's not just with the ACLs, what we do with everybody sure. is we really are like most, a lot of people that come see us at least are very active athletic people that have done a lot of the exercise we do with them pretty regularly. If it's football, mm -hmm. he's done a lot of the strength stuff already. Mm -hmm. You're just telling him when to put the gas pedal down, when to put the brake on, what to do on what day. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really more about the, the coaching and the guiding through the process. Yeah. Yep. There's so much to it that's that's more than just the, as you said that more than just the ligament. Like we talk about, like it's the ACL. But yeah. when you tear your ACL, you've got bone bruise issues. You could have meniscus injuries. Or something got osteochondral issues. Mm -hmm. You know the type of graft that you had, as Kim right. mentioned. There's so many variables that are gonna that are all gonna play a role in your overall outcome at the end of this. And and there's decisions to be made along the way. And there's there's things to monitor. Some people are gonna be able to progress super rapidly and have no swelling and it's just they look and they're just super impressive mm -hmm. and you've got some that man they do really great and then you start to challenge them with a little bit of jumping and all of a sudden boop knee blows up mm -hmm. like all right we're a little sensitive to impact here and maybe right. we've got some osteochondral stuff or had a bone bruise right. or something else that may have been involved that um, that still needs to heal up so we got to monitor how fast we progress through that phase yeah but then once we get through it and the body adapts 
we're back, we're back in business. And it sounds so easy on paper, right? Like it's like this linear progression, but there's so many things like it's, it's not all black and white. I mean, we're, we're thinking all the time on our feet. Like, I think this person can handle this type of impact or this person can handle this type of change of direction. So it's like, it's, it's daunting for someone who's going through that without like, again, a clear guidance. And this is what we offer. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they need they need that. You need that coach. It's yeah. um, it's just like anything else in the world. Like, I guess it's tax season, so <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that necessarily by myself. So it's kind of nice but to have have you got a guy. You got to have you got to have a coach to be like in this ever changing scenario. The uh, the tax date just got extended because they don't even know what they're doing. So you know, it's yeah. just <laughs> let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's figure it out. That's right. Let's figure it out. Yeah, but uh, this this obviously has gotten to the point where it's much more. It is much more planned. It is much more sequenced. There are steps to take and to follow, and there's tests to be done along the way to make sure that you're on track and you're moving in the right direction. And there, there's times that you need to take uh, some more time in a certain segment or a certain area and say, hey, I got I got to wait here. I got to hold up here, or I got or it's time to push. And yeah. that that's really what the coach is for and what what we're there to do. Yeah, I mean, strength's a huge one, right? Like. I can probably, you know, even though you're virtual, like I can assess your strength based on like either like a one rep max of a squat or a three rep max of a squat and like have that information or even like on a knee extension machine. Like I can I can see what like the difference is left to right. Whereas if you're doing this on your own, like you're never going to get like a true assessment. You're going to feel like you're strong, but there's like small little deficits along the way that you haven't fully addressed. Yeah. Um, and that's what, again, research backs, backs up again that like quad strength is a huge component of this. Yep. Like at least 90 to 95 to even at least a hundred percent of your quad strength should be like bilateral, like left to right needs to be 100% like accurate. So it's, it goes back, it goes to saying like, I don't know if your your run of the mill like person knows that who's torn their ACL. Sure. Um, yeah. And having that guidance along the way helps. Yeah. yeah. And so strength, yeah. you could kind of they could almost compare side to side, but like the speed of contraction is also incredibly yeah. important. Right. And that that takes kind of a trained eye. Yeah. Usually. And then how you train those things, like one one guy, you might train them with a a certain drill, or another one might have to use a different drill based on how they're responding and and where their strengths lie, weaknesses lie. Right. It's it's subtle things to change, but and they're on the course is representative to the specific to the sport. Yep. yep. You know we've got. We've got several MMA athletes right now. I think we have three right now that are that are elite UFC MMA fighters that are all ACLs. They're all about six, seven months out. And Russ is handling a lot of their work as their UFC guy. And, man, he's he's doing stuff we we don't do with <laughs> yeah, our basketball do guys. With <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's for sure. I don't run those drills. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. But it's appropriate for that group because yes. that's what they're going to be, be yeah. doing, you know. And yeah. it's it's really, really interesting to see the specificity of demand of whatever sport you do or where your focus is. Absolutely. So it makes it, makes it a ton of fun to, to go through the rehab process too. And yeah. we hope uh, most of our clients are sweating like crazy and working their tail off by the end of it. So they're, yeah. ha they're having some fun too even though it's – yeah, not, not they'd rather be playing, but you know, it's, it's everything we can do to get them there. So yeah, it's grueling stuff. It's nine months, right? You yeah. have to continuously progress, almost like each each time you come in. So yeah. uh, again, I think it it requires a trained eye to see where you're at, like where you're at in that continuum in that process. And if your goal is to cutting sports, where it, like the the level of of risk increases, then again, there's a risk management thing, and and you have to like 
get, get someone to help you out, guide the way of like, you know, and it's not even return to sport. Isn't this like black and white thing? There's no. like return to return to play and then return to like high level, like competition. Like where do you insert yourself in a season? Where do you insert yourself in, uh, in preseason or like beforehand? So it's, there's so many factors here, uh, especially for a young athlete mm-hmm. that they're and, and their parents that is not considered. Yeah. 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 No, it's, we got an athlete right now that, that we're treating together that's that's interesting, right? I mean, he's done yeah. such an amazing job. The rehab's been really, really smooth. I think we're um, 12, 10, 11 months out. I wouldn't even yeah. consider us almost in the rehab yeah. phase. We're really back in mm-hmm. the sport playing phase. He's practicing full and such. And it's really interesting just from going from turf to grass. There's a tremendous difference in what he feels and how his knee responds. Mm-hmm. So there's always these subtle variables that... They, we can't necessarily always anticipate, but, but as we see them and, and find them, then we develop a specific plan of action. Let's go at that and let's, let's help develop the body's tolerance, ability's ability to adapt, to be able to rehab this so you, so you can get back to normal. Right. But there's so many little hurdles like that and variables that, that that's where the coaching comes in. And I'm super proud that we're offering this virtual program because I, I think we can reach so many people that might be out there and be a bit lost as, what do I do next? Where do I go? You know what should I do? And if you're asking those questions, then then this is this is the opportunity to, to to find a guide, and we're super excited to be able to help you help you through the process. And and the crazy thing is, is like we don't really need to physically touch you. Like we there's other ways, right? Like oh, there's yeah. other ways. There's ways to get range of motion. There's other ways to get the get the strength that you need. So it's it it's a viable option for for people lost in this process. Yeah, and a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, so, it, and, and if we can't help you, like we have the resources to reach out, like we have wherever you are, whether you're in Kentucky or Wisconsin, like we'll look for the best guide for you. Um, so it's, uh, I, I think it's just someone in your back corner that's got your back that won't leave like any stone unturned yeah. and we'll like really look for you to, to reach whatever potentially that you want to reach. So, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's certainly what it's all about. So we well, it's good to have you, Kim. Yeah. Love so, having you here. Did you finish your beer? Oh, you know, nice. I, I should, yeah. I can, I, can, <laughs> I can finish it now, but yeah. <laughs> You're talking the whole time. It's, mm-hmm. it's all good. Uh, I love, love your passion. Yeah. Appreciate it. And love yeah. you sharing, the, sharing your story, I think, is, is a, just, a, it's a, I won't say it's great. It's unfortunate, but it's, <laughs> but it's great to see what you've overcome and, and kind yeah. of now to a point to say I want to give back to that population and, and yeah, make a difference. Yeah, what are you doing with it? What yeah. Exactly? yeah, I mean, it's... Like I said, it's underserved in in many ways, whether it's physical, emotional, like I or or mental, right? Like there's there's ways to reach this community, so I'm I'm just happy to be part of it, and I'm I'm standing in, in you know on the shoulder of giants like other people, you guys, and and other great physical therapists out there who do similar to work work to what we do. So um, I'm just kind of doing my part, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So the section here of uh, what the fuck are we doing, I think, has to come into play in, in this particular category because there's been so much back and forth of certain things. And there's, there's a lot of debatable beta things that have happened. But I think there's, some, there's a lot of stuff out there in ACL prevention. Like how do we prevent this problem from happening in the first place? And, yeah. and what's, the, what's the proper way to do things? So one thing that's we talked about this last uh, last podcast. We were talking with Bomber about like warming up and coming into getting ready to play and and doing what you always did as a coach prior, 
right? And yeah. so we have this, you know, and so this is my, you know, Lou Dolson's a Hall of Famer, no shame whatsoever, is my guy. Uh, as our coach at University of Arizona, we would start oh, off practice. Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to bring it up every time. But the, um, you know, we, we'd go to practice and here we are, like the defending national champions and everything else, and we'd start practice with 10 minutes of stretching. And I, and I had just come from like, eh, I feel like we should be doing some dynamic movements. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I to say, you know, but, you know, just yeah. thought. You know? Yeah. So it, the, this is the thing is that coaches that have coached in the past and coached in years back is this idea of static stretching and just, just stretch and, and not do this dynamic warm-up. Whereas yeah. FIFA has done some amazing work. I know that FIFA mm-hmm. is probably one of the first to publish this. They'd have their 11-plus program, the FIFA 11-plus yeah. program. You can check it out on, on the web and everything. They offer it for free. It's fantastic. And it's a series of drills specifically for soccer. And FIFA did a mm-hmm. huge amount of research on uh, all of their teams that were competitive play across, around the world. And doing this program prior to practice reduced non-contact injuries of ACLs, hamstring strains by over 50%. Yeah. It's, it's strikingly improved. Just to do 11 drills to warm up. So <laughs> simple things you can do. They're simple and basic drills. Too, yeah. All things that you've seen and probably done before. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter yeah. of doing them all, doing them with some routine, mm-hmm. working on a little bit of quality mm-hmm. and, and those things. And then, of course, there's a, the group Cincinnati Sports Medicine has been around for, mm-hmm. since the early 90s. Sports metrics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sports metrics, they call it. It's really led the charge in, in doing plyometric work and ACL prevention, especially with the female athlete. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of great stuff out there. So if, if you're a coach that's working with a team like um, – especially a basketball or a soccer team. So the number one risk of ACL tears in basketball, I think, at the moment. Yep. And then second would be soccer. Yeah. Uh, both women's sports, uh, of course, and then men's Men's are further down the chain, but those are the top two. So if you find yourself coaching or an athlete in those areas, check out those resources or, or reach out to us and we can help you and, and send you a warm-up program that's at least legitimate that you could do. But warming up dynamically is... Is, is, is just a critical factor here. And beyond proven at this oh, point. Oh, right. No Scientifically question. Scientifically proven. Yeah. And it has to do with compliance, right? Like getting these, these like young athletes to do it three, four times a week. Like really yep. like buy into it because it's, if it's going to like stop you from having like an ACL surgery down the line, like why not? Yeah. Why not do it? Yeah. And we're, we're talking about seeing numbers drop. Like I mentioned earlier, like it used to be seven out of 10 girls in, in basketball for sure. And soccer's right there, like 6.8 or some ridiculous stat. I mean, it's insane. So if we can reduce that risk and we've seen it reduced down to more of what you see in males, like more of the three out of 10 number with doing some of these warm ups and these, these training programs that have a little more jumping programming in, involved, you can see massive changes in reduction of risk with, with proper training in place. So Take advantage of those opportunities. Take advantage of that information and, and take 10 minutes prior to your practice and, and get yourself right so, so you don't end up in a situation where you end up in a nine-month rehab. Right. So take the, take, minimize that risk. Absolutely. You know? Do anything you can. You yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Kimecast. We'll catch you on the next one. This was Kimecast, and we are the Kime Human Performance Institute. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. Please hop on our social media, it's at KimeHPI, and engage with us there. If you'd like us to feature a topic or answer any questions live on the show, post your comments there. You can also check us out on our website at KimePerformance.com, and there you can see links to content that we've posted throughout our podcast for more information.